You know, just a few weeks until the weather gets brisk and cool, right? And you do know what that means. One of the things it means is it's coffee weather. Man, I love coffee. And what better way to keep you warm than a cup of Boyer's Coffee? Now, you know one of the reasons we love Boyer's Coffee is because they're locally owned and Colorado proud. So, Look at it this way. Supporting locally owned Boyer's Coffee isn't only supporting Colorado. It means you're actually drinking coffee that's fresher than the national brands you'll find in the grocery. And we know you can find Boyer's Coffee at your favorite grocery store, Walmart or Sam's Club. But did you know that Boyer'sCoffee.com has varieties that aren't available in the grocery store? It has flavors like coconut cream, Colombian decaf coffee, or pumpkin spice coffee. And the list goes on and on with all the varieties that you can find at Coffee. So do yourself a favor, mark these dates on your calendar, September 26th through the 30th. In celebration of National Coffee Day, all bags will be on sale on the website for just $6.50. Man, you can't beat that. And definitely remember this day, September 29th, the Boyer's Coffee Food Truck at 73rd and Washington will be giving away free cups of drip coffee on National Coffee Day on September 29th, as well as half off any other beverages from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Also, remember it's pumpkin season, so stop by the coffee and food truck and pick up a bag of pumpkin spice coffee. Or, better yet, order up a cup of Boyer's Signature Pumpkin Spice Latte. Boyer's Coffee, roasting right here in the Rocky Mountains since 1965. This episode of the Dave Logan Podcast with Julie Brownman. We still have a Broncos QB battle for now. I think he showed a lot of poise. I think he showed a lot of confidence. Was that enough to flip the script? Because I, it sounded like Drew Locke was getting some kind of momentum. Would you want Coach Fangio to be this aggressive in the regular season? And I'm paraphrasing here. He said we went four and fourth down. He said two of those were realistic. And we, we would probably do that in the regular season. One, probably not. Who are some pleasant surprises for Dave in the preseason? I thought Sean Williams made plays even last year. Enough that they, they brought him back, and he's he's had a good camp. And how does Dave keep track of all those players on the roster? There are a lot of names. <laughs> you ought to see names. my depth chart. Yeah. It is uh, significantly Steve. crowded. All that and more on this episode of the Dave Logan Podcast. This is the Dave Logan Podcast. And welcome to the Dave Logan Podcast, Dave Logan and Julie Brownman, podcast number 91. We truck on, getting ready for some NFL action. We've seen two preseason games, first regular season game for the Broncos around the corner in New York against the Giants. But first, before we uh, look at that last preseason game in Seattle, what's up? You doing good? I'm doing great. I'm doing really good. How about you? Living a dream. <laughs> Don't say that, because I always feel like there's something behind that. No, listen. Um, <laughs> Is the, it not the, dream? the the because of normally speaking for most of my career, I've flown on the Broncos charter, which. There are advantages to that. Uh, the food is awesome. Yeah, but I'm just talking about making sure you get to the game oh, and then yeah. making sure you get home from the game. Yes. And so DIA has had their their fair share of issues over the over the weekend. The trams went down and travel for a lot of people, not just us, was a complete nightmare. So that's that's all I'm going to say. That's why I said I'm living a dream. But I'm back. Mm-hmm. We taped this on a Monday, and I am ready to go. Okay, because we tape it on a Monday. Do you expect this week that Vic Fangio is going to name his starting quarterback? 
Like in the next couple of days, as in like maybe later today or on Tuesday? Or... I don't think it'll be today. Okay, no. Good. I think he might. I've, I've said that I, that I would name the starting quarterback after the Seattle game. I mean, again, just somebody who, who loves football, covers the team. That, that would be what I would do. Um, anytime you split reps in training camp, then that's fine if you're trying to have a true quarterback competition. And I think from all appearances, they've had that. But you also eliminate that starting quarterback getting a great deal of reps. And I think both of these guys, for different reasons, need all the reps they can get. Bridgewater comes into a brand new offense. Yeah. And even though some of the concepts are the same, it's still a brand new offense terminology-wise. So if it's going to be him, he needs reps. And Drew Locke is a young quarterback and a guy that needs all the reps he can get as well if it's going to be him. So to me, I I feel like the Broncos will name the starting quarterback sometime this week, but I'm not sure. So I said last week, and I don't think you're thrilled with me, I was kind of hoping that either Teddy would do amazing or blow it so that it would be easier for the Broncos to make a decision instead of the same kind of, or that, or Drew's performance would be telling. So Teddy Bridgewater finished nine of 11, 105 yards, one touchdown, no picks. I think he showed a lot of poise. I think he showed a lot of confidence. Was that enough to flip the script? Because I, it sounded like Drew Locke was getting some kind of momentum. Do you think Teddy's performance against Seattle? You're looking at me like I'm batshit. No, crazy. I'm not. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to think back. I thought. I thought Drew was exceptional in the Minnesota game. He got the start, and I thought Teddy played well, replacing him. I thought in the Seattle game, Bridgewater was very good. Quarterback two drives. Both drives went for touchdowns, and I thought Locke maybe not was great, but I. But he also in a two minute drill took his team down the field and put him in a position to get a field goal. So that that's a positive. Yeah, again, and I've said this before in this podcast, I have no way of I mean coaches, even though I you know, I, I do the play by play for the Broncos, the coaches don't tell me what they're gonna do and they don't tell me about their meetings and, and they shouldn't. So I said before the camp started that I thought Drew Locke had to change a predisposition for the Broncos coaches. And I had a couple of people actually that, uh, and I appreciate you listening to the podcast, but that emailed me uh, about that comment and said, why would they have a predisposition about Drew Locke? That doesn't seem to be the way to have a true quarterback competition. My response to that was, anybody who played on this team last year with this staff, same staff, the staff has a predisposition on everybody who played on the team last year. They went through... Uh, the regular season, it, they were 5-11. and 11. They played 16 games. And so Drew Locke would be the same as any other player who played here. And you, you, you go back, what NFL coaches do, they go back and they after the season's done, they go back and look at every single game and regrade it. And they talk about stuff. And so, sure, there was a predisposition. I think Drew has uh, certainly enough talent to be the starting quarterback. We, we've said that before, ad nauseum. Has enough arm skill, arm talent to be that guy. But last year, he turned the ball over too many times and made bad decisions at crucial times. Those were things he was going to have to work on. And I will say this in camp, he in camp to me looks like he's an improved young guy. You can tell that he's worked on things. That said, now you bring in Teddy Bridgewater, who's been a starting quarterback longer He's got his pluses. He's got his minuses. Is Teddy Bridgewater a great player? He's been to a Pro Bowl as a quarterback. I don't know that you consider him 
you know, one of the uh, top 10 quarterbacks in the league? Probably not. Can he be in the top half? I think both these guys, if the Broncos are to be successful this year, at the end of the year, whomever is the starting quarterback has got to be, you know, mid-level of 32 teams. Can't can't be at the bottom of virtually every meaningful quarterback statistic. Uh, third down efficiency, uh, red zone efficiency, turnovers, interceptions, and that's where they were last year. So can Drew, if Drew's a starter, be middle of the pack? I think so. I think the same thing for Teddy Bridgewater. But based on the Seattle performance, and again, I said before that game, I would start Drew Locke because of his upside. But I felt like the coaches, just my gut told me they leaned towards Teddy. I think a lot, I won't say most, but a lot of media members in town probably look at it the other way. I'm just telling you what I think. I think they would lean towards Teddy just because he has more experience, right? And he didn't lead the league in interceptions. So I think. Well, that's part of the pre Right. Part of the predisposition that Drew has to overcome. Mm -hmm. It's the same coaches that were here last year. And, you know, the first three games, the Broncos, I think in the Giants game on September 12th in New York, right now are a point and a half favorite. I don't even know that they don't have a line for the Jacksonville game, but unless they lose significant players and maybe one of those guys, the quarterback against the Giants, the Broncos are going to be a small favorite in Jacksonville. The third week, they're home against the Jets. They're going to be a favorite in that game. Two of those three games to open the season, you have a coach that has never been a head coach in the NFL, and you have a quarterback, more than likely, that has never taken a snap in the NFL. You have to get off to a good start. And so that factors in, at least in my mind, to the decision that ultimately Vic Fangio has to call with respect to which which quarterback gives me the the most comfort that we can go on the road twice and win games. How do you do that? You don't give the game away. Therein lies, to me, the predisposition that Drew has to overcome because last year, too many turnovers, too many interceptions, putting the defense in a really, at times, bad spot. So that's why I think they lean at this point towards Bridgewater. So you do the post game with Vic Fangio after yep. the game on KOA radio. Did you get any indication from him? I didn't get to hear the post game, which way he was leaning. I was struck. You know, he went for fourth down three times in the first half. And I think people on social media in the first half were making an issue about that. I mean, at least pointing it out. I don't know if, I don't know if taking an issue is the correct verbiage, but they pointed it out. And so Vic brought that up without me even asking him a question about fourth down. I just asked him to assess his offensive efficiency in the first half, and, and he brought it up. He said, now, listen, we went, and I'm paraphrasing here. He said, we went forward on fourth down. He said, two of those were realistic, and we, we would probably do that in the regular season. One Probably not, but he brought it up. So he knew because I talked to him before he talks to any of the members of the press. I think he knew that he was going to get that question about, well, listen, I mean, you went for it three times on fourth down. Now he did go for it. And I had forgotten this. He did go for it at least once on fourth down against the Vikings with Drew on the field. And it was fourth down. And I think it was inside the five yard line. Then they didn't get it. But I mean, 
here, here's what, here's what I was struck with. I asked him again to assess the offense and he brought up the fact that he thought Teddy played well. And again, paraphrasing, but he said he was able to manipulate the pocket. That's the second time he has said that about Bridgewater in two games. And so I was struck with the phraseology of that. And I think he views that as very important. And that's been an area that Drew Locke has, you know, aspired to improve on. You mean he doesn't freak out in the pocket. He keeps his composure. He breaks the, makes the right moves where Drew Correct. just... When to step up, yeah. when to slide right yeah. or left, right? There were times last year, and this is understandable because Drew's a young player. He was a young player last year. He's still a young player. But there were times last year when you go back and look at the All-22 copy of the game where you would see him flush out of the pocket when he didn't have to. That, and I've said this before last year, that's a byproduct of getting too much color to the to the face of the quarterback early in the game, especially young quarterbacks. I mean, if you're, if you're seeing the opposing team's jersey color uh, in your lap, your first instinct is to get the hell out of the pocket. That has to be coached, and then the quarterback has to trust his protection and understand how to, to use Vic's verbiage, manipulate the pocket. If I get edge pressure left, I don't necessarily have to flush right. I can step up. I can climb the pocket inside that pressure. And then maybe then maybe pressure inside left, I can slide to the right and get a pass off. So that just comes with playing more and more football. And a lot of young quarterbacks have that issue. But I, but I was struck without me asking him that he brought up the fourth down three fourth down tries in the first half, and also both games he's talked about the ability of Bridgewater to manipulate the pocket. You know what blows about this is listening to you, it doesn't sound like anybody has really blown away the other quarterback and created a lot of space between the other quarterbacks. So if that's the case... Do we have to go into next weekend, even though that's not the great, the best situation? Can you see it going into the final preseason game? Well, it's not I, where we want to be. No, I mean, ideally, as I think as a coach, you would like one of these two guys to clearly win the job. And that hasn't happened. I, yeah, I don't think I don't think it has. I, I don't think it has. I think you could make a case and the case would be significant and honest for either guy to start. Mm-hmm. And if, if you're in the Teddy Bridgewater camp, I think you could make the case that Bridgewater, for a lot of reasons, just gives you the best chance to win. And I think you could do exactly the same thing for Drew Locke. I think you could make the case that if you start Drew Locke, it's better for the team long-term as well. As well. Because you've got to... I mean, you, Drew Locke's a second-round draft choice of this team. I mean, he's a young guy that you know is going to get better. And I think a lot of people here, Bronco fans, would like him to turn into the quarterback of the future because, you know, that's what this team needs. They need a guy that can stabilize that position and play winning football. So somebody's going to be upset. That's just the nature of the game. I think the people that are behind Locke, um, if Bridgewater's a starter, will say bad decision. And I think the people that think Bridgewater should be the starter will not understand completely if Drew Locke is the starter as well. The key, I think, from Vic Fangio's standpoint is he's got to do what he thinks is in the best interest of the team. And he also has the pulse, he should, have the pulse of his team in that locker room. Not that that's going to be one of the two or three most important uh, things in terms of making this decision, but it's, it's you know, four, five, or six. 
how the team feels about both these guys is in the top 10 things in terms of making a decision when it's very close, deciding on who's going to be the starting quarterback. It's not a top three or four, but it is in the top 10. He's got to know that the guy he picks uh, is going to have the backing of the rest of that team. It sounds to me like Drew is well-liked. It's not like guys don't like him, but maybe reading in between the lines, especially the receivers, they might feel a little bit more comfortable with Teddy in his ball placement and maybe his experience, but they don't come out. It's not so obvious, right? But I haven't heard one wide receiver not say some pretty good things about Teddy Bridgewater. I think they've, I mean, I think the comments that I've heard have been good about both guys. I mean, they're different. Locke's got a better arm. I think from a receiver standpoint, what they want is the ball placed where they can catch it and either do something with it or at least in a position where they can protect themselves. They don't want balls thrown over their head or at their feet or behind them, even though you're paid to catch it. But I honestly, I think speaking – I'll speak for the offensive locker room. Everybody probably has a preference. Because maybe you know one guy better, maybe you like one guy better, maybe that's your that that's your boy, and you hardly know the other guy. So everybody has a preference. But the bottom line is, for the offensive players, they want the guy that's going to help them win. That's that's first for every offensive guy in that locker room. Who's the guy that's going to help us win games? Because you should be tired, very fatigued of getting your brakes beat off. <laughs> I mean, that's and defensively too. Who's the guy that's going to help us win? Who's the guy that's not going to put us in a position where we're turning the ball over? They led the league in turnovers. They led the league in interceptions. Defensive guys don't much care for those things, right? So, but but whomever it is, you got to get behind and, and go see if you can get off to a good start. Why do I feel nauseous about this? <laughs> like, oh, I'm not. I'm not um, it's it's a big decision, but you know, you you pick one, you roll with him, and mm-hmm. see how he plays. Yeah, I think I really think they can win with both, but my gut tells me the staff currently is leaning towards Bridgewater. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're gonna take the break, the break, not a break, the break, the break, and we're gonna talk about maybe some other stars of the game and guys we can look forward to seeing the rest of the season. That's next. You know, we take great pride in the fact that we work with all Colorado companies on our podcast, and that continues with our newest sponsor, Dipper Legacy Cuts. Clint and Lauren Mundell, their two sons, also run this fifth-generation ranch that has been in the family for, it's been like 120 years. If you want to know where your food is coming from, this is your answer. All of their beef is raised on the ranch in southeastern Colorado, and it's verified black Angus, antibiotic and hormone-free beef. And what a selection they offer. Their beef bundles include steak, burger boxes, or if you prefer, you can even customize your own bundle to satisfy everybody at your party. Let me give you an example of what we're talking about. Their Forks Custom Box, man, this is terrific. It includes burgers, a roast, choices of either short ribs, stew meat, or chicken fried steak. And when it comes to your steak, you get to choose from sirloin, strips, filet, T-bone, I love me a good T-bone, ribeye, flank, or skirt steak all in the same package. And it's antibiotic, hormone-free beef that you know exactly where it came from. And their shipping system is also great. The beef is shipped frozen with dry ice right to your doorstep within two to three days of when you place your order. So the next time you're having a big event or maybe just having friends over for a Broncos game, 
Make it a special day with an order from Dipper Legacy Cuts. Here's an idea. It can be delivered to your door for your Labor Day barbecue. How about that? Right now, you can pre-order for delivery starting on August 30th. And if you use the promo code Dave Logan, you get a free pound of delicious ground beef included with your order. It's that simple. And keep in mind, they don't take on more orders than they can source on site. And that means you're getting the freshest beef you can find anywhere. Order from their website, DipperLegacyCuts.com. And if you use promo code Dave Logan, my name, no space in between, and all cap letters, you'll get a free pound of delicious ground beef included with your order. And follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to learn more about this Colorado family business. Dipper Legacy Cuts, Colorado homegrown and Colorado proud. The Dave Logan Podcast can be found at iHeart, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Remember to download, and if you like what you hear, share with your friends and subscribe. Remember, you can log on to our website, thedaveloganpodcast.com. Go to the contact tab to ask us questions. We'll read them on the podcast. Most every question is fair game. Just keep it classy. It's at daveloganpodcast.com, or you can send your question directly to us on Twitter at DaveLoganPod or at JulieBrownman1. Let me take a minute and talk about Molly Spirits. Have you ever walked into a liquor store and when you get in there, you have no idea about all the brands you're looking at? And then to make it even worse, you can't find anybody to give you a recommendation. Well, that's the exact opposite experience you will have at Molly Spirits. They take great pride in always having people available to help you choose the perfect liquor or beer or wine. And no matter what the occasion, they have all of your known favorites, but also a really unique selection of beers, wines, and spirits that may become your new favorite drink. Whether it's an in-house sommelier to help pick out that perfect bottle of rosé or a beer expert to introduce you to a local brewery with a fantastic new IPA, maybe to somebody to show you Colorado whiskeys that will become your new go-to, Molly's takes pride in making sure you leave as a satisfied customer and wanting to come back for more. Check them out at one of their three locations. They're in Lakeside at 44th and Harlan, in DTC in the Arapaho Marketplace next to Sprouts, and now introducing their new location, which is in Longmont at Ken Pratt and Main Street, located in the Parkway Center. And remember, all of the stores deliver right to your front door. Do yourself a favor. Ditch the impersonal feel of those warehouse-type liquor stores and give Molly's a try. I promise you, you'll love it. A huge selection with the personal feel and touch of a neighborhood business you will love. To learn everything Molly's has to offer and their fantastic staff favorites, just check them out at mollyspirits.com. Molly Spirits, a land of adult beverage discovery. Welcome back to the Dave Logan Podcast. Dave Logan and Julie Brownman. Hello. That's Julie. I'm Dave. <laughs> Happy that you have uh, downloaded the podcast. We appreciate you doing that. And any feedback on the podcast is welcomed. You sure? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. You can just get in touch with us at a DaveLoganPodcast.com. By the way. Hey, before we get into some stars of the night, maybe some guys that uh, you were anticipating seeing more of, you know what's really cool about the Broncos defense? So far, against the game against uh, Seattle, they produced three first-half takeaways. Yep. They're doing all this without, of course, Von Miller, right? Yeah, and that was an area. Speaking of areas that they need to improve on, Mm -hmm. the Broncos' defense being able to generate turnovers is one of the areas. They haven't done that. They haven't done it nearly enough. And and Vic has talked about that during training camp. So to force three turnovers uh, in, in the first half, I mean, Justin Simmons had the pick 
on the opening possession of the Seahawks. That and and that started Teddy Bridgewater in the offense in a short field. I mean, they got the ball in the plus forty five. Seven plays, they're in the end zone. That's complimentary football, but we didn't see enough of that last year. So, and then Deshaun Williams. I mean, Deshaun Williams had a fumble recovery and an interception. So you look for playmakers on defense. Who are guys that can rip the ball out or, or tip a ball and catch the deflection? Guys that make plays. You look for those guys on offense, playmakers. You also look for those guys on defense. So I thought this was kind of cool. If you like to follow guys that have a, a interesting story, I didn't realize that he played initially in 2016 with Cincinnati as an undrafted free agent and then took four years off. I mean, somebody was told to take four years off, but then came back nearly four years for his next chance in the NFL Got cut, kept coming back and coming back. Yep. And he's a guy you can get behind, right? Right. And and I thought he, uh, you know, about the midway point, started getting significant playing time when he was signed because of the injuries. I mean, the Broncos had a lot of injuries on defense as well. It wasn't, wasn't uh, you know, offensive only. I thought Deshaun Williams made plays even last year. Enough that they, they brought him back. And he's he's had a good camp. I mean, you look at you look at the Broncos up front. I mean, Draymond Jones, to me, may be having the best camp of any Bronco defensive lineman. Very quick, very powerful, former third-round pick. Haven't seen a lot of him, but you're going to see a lot of him this year. Then you look at Mike Purcell, and then you look at Deshaun Williams. That's the interior part, without even mentioning Chubb and Miller on the outside. So, And, and the back end looks to be so much better, so much better. This is going to be, I mean, this is the highest-paid defense in the NFL, so, you know what, when it's all said and done, you better rank in the top 10. And some people think it's the defense has enough ability to be a top five defense. We'll see. You don't win games on paper. you got to go out and play. But I like what I see. I'm really excited about this Broncos defense. Not that we want to dive back into it, but maybe then we look at it like instead of, I think we all want our quarterback to be very prolific and, and a great quarterback. Maybe we just to be want very some- what? Prolific. Prolific? Okay. What do you think I said? I lost my headphones. <laughs> I think I did kind of screw that up. No, I, I, my headphone bounced, <laughs> bounced off my ear. Prolific. Prolific. I do think maybe it's just be, and this is so boring. We've heard this before. A game manager, just don't screw it up. Just don't turn the ball over. Just give the defense a chance to be great. It, de- it depends on what the term game manager means to you and everybody else. I mean, game manager, there's a negative connotation. Behind behind game manager. No, it's a guy that you know doesn't have a lot of talent, uh, is a check down guy, understands what you're trying to do in offense, but is not going to be able to, you know, to win a game. Mm-hmm. When when you there are going to be games this year that the Broncos are going to be behind and maybe on the twenty yard line with two thirty seven left and they're down six. You got to be able to move the team and drive the team eighty yards for a touchdown. That's more than a game manager. I think both Bridgewater and Locke have that ability to do that. So I, I I sort of reject the game manager thing. I think I think both players can be better than that. Normally speaking, to me, a backup quarterback is more of a game manager. Um, now Bridgewater over the years, I mean, he's earned the nickname Checkdown Teddy, right? He he doesn't force the ball, although he's thrown interceptions. I mean, he threw too many interceptions last year in Carolina, but. Um, yeah, I think both guys are better than the phrase game manager. 
Royce Freeman was a guy when he was drafted, I think just a couple years ago, we paid a lot of attention to. He's kind of slipped out of uh, mind for a lot of people. I think he made the most of his opportunity on over the weekend against Seattle. Is he going to even make the team? Well, Mike Boone, who they acquired from the Vikings, is out four to six weeks with that quad injury. Mm-hmm. Levante Bellamy, who I thought was having a good camp, was injured in the Minnesota game and then subsequently cut. Adrian Killens, who they signed this past week off waivers from Philadelphia, he went down in the Seattle game. So he's he's out for a while. He was on crutches after the game. I'll say this about Royce Freeman, and I made the comment during the broadcast. He looks quicker to me. He's hitting the hole faster. His feet look quicker to me. I don't, I don't know if, if it's a weight thing or, or what, but I think Royce Freeman has had a pretty doggone good camp. I would not cut Royce Freeman at all with I I would keep the third back and I know the third back has to play some special teams but you have Melvin Gordon who hasn't played neither of the first two games got a little bit of a growing issue you've got the rookie Javante Williams and he has looked really good Um, saw him in one particular play against the Seahawks in in pass protection he he and I said this on the air he put his helmet under I can't remember the number of the Seattle defender but it was like one of those where you like, whack, like, oh. So he's going to be just fine in, in blitz pickup, which you worry about that with young backs. Mm-hmm. But Royce Freeman, to me, he, he just runs the ball differently than what I remember him showing last year. So I to me, he makes the team. Okay, this was just uh, out on social media. Michael Ojemudier, out four to six weeks with a hamstring. Yep. Per source. Good news he suffered this injury, so says Mike Kliss, three weeks from season opener. Is that good news? Well, I mean, he's he's battling, right? I mean, he was a third-round draft choice out of Iowa last year. He got put in a really difficult situation in that with the injuries. He had to play a lot. It is really difficult for rookie corners to make a living in their rookie season at corner. Now, Pat Sertain looks like a different guy. He looks like a totally different animal. But for most mere mortals... That's a tough position to play as a rookie. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know that I have an opinion on him in camp, uh, but I think he was a guy that was going to make the team. So now it just depends on – it's one thing to say four to six weeks with a hamstring issue, but that's – if, if in fact, it's, it's that length of time, that's a significant hamstring, uh, either tear or uh, sprain, same thing. So not only – it's easy for a doctor to say four to six weeks, but that just from player to player, it, it depends, right? you got to come back. you got to be able to run. you got to be able to run on consecutive days. you got to be able to test it. And so I think we have to wait and see on Ojemudia. So as you head toward the third and final preseason game against the Rams, whoever's the quarterback, what should it look like as far as – Who's playing, who's not playing, and how long they're playing. Because it's different, right? I don't have any. Yeah, I don't have any idea. I I would be inclined not to play any of my starters. Hmm. Including, I mean. Including the quarterback that they just named? If you've made, well, if they name the starting quarterback this week, Mm -hmm. then I would submit he probably, I mean, Vic has said I like to play players in preseason. He's old school in that way. But, I mean, I don't know what you accomplish playing against the Rams. They're They're not playing their starting quarterback. I I would just have to really wrap my head around the idea. I wouldn't play anybody that is coming off a season-ending injury from last year, which means I wouldn't play Vaughn Miller. Uh, I probably I've already seen Chubb a little bit against Seattle. Why play him? 
Anybody that's battling through an in, I mean, Melvin Gordon with the, now he hasn't taken any snaps, but he gets to the point where the risk reward, I think you really have to balance that. So maybe Brett Rippon, you know, if you ask me sitting here today on Monday, get Brett Rippon a lot of playing time and take a look at some of these younger linemen and some of these younger receivers. And I mean, who cares what happens in that final preseason game? My, again, just knowing Vic a little bit, he's a guy that likes to play, likes to get them some some time so i'm not sure that will happen with respect to ripon but that's that's the way i would lean is brett ripon looking at this as a he's playing for to audition for other teams right because they're not going to keep three quarterbacks no no and and i'm not even sure with the practice squad rules uh if he would be eligible he was active a number of games last year there's all sorts of rules in place for how many games you've been on the active roster and it gets to a point then you can't go back to the practice squad i think he would be eligible for the practice squad i think but then you have to put him through waivers right and then you have to hope that no other team claims him so maybe you don't play him but if you don't play him it's either Locke or bridgewater so so many interesting decisions that uh that people have fun debating because there's no clear there's no like little black handbook where you can look and say, okay, the third, first of all, they've never had only three preseason games. Who do you play in the final preseason game? I mean, normally coaches play n- no starters, right? But that's because they've played the starters the week before for like three quarters. That didn't happen, you know, uh, last week. But that's what I would do. I would err on the side of caution and I'd get as many of my dudes healthy going into the regular season. You're going to have to do some studying with the depth chart and the guys that are. There are a lot of names. <laughs> there are you got to see names. my depth chart. Yeah. It is uh, significantly Deep. crowded. Before we let you go, you mentioned the DIA train had some challenges this weekend. I think it's still Roach that is the voice. Yes. Okay. Yes. If it were your voice, what would you say? When? When people get on the train. But let's, you know, it doesn't have to be like, hey, welcome to. No, as, as we got on the tram uh-huh. and then the tram, and this is all I'll say. Uh-huh. And then the tram left and then mysteriously. T- just stopped, not near a concourse, just underneath, like just picture all you Bruce Willis fans, picture Die Hard. So this is when you get to the airport, you get on yes. that thing to A, B, and if C. If it just stopped, yeah. I think at that point, uh-huh. you should have Roach, uh, his voice, saying, uh-oh. <laughs> I mean, something, right? You got him. I mean, you don't know how long you're going to be there. I think his voice came on and said, we're experiencing problems on the tram. But everybody on the tram, we were packed in like sardines. Mm-hmm. We knew that they were experiencing problems on the tram because the tram was stopped in the middle of nowhere. So maybe him saying, turn to your neighbor and say hi. You could be here for a yeah, while. You, yeah, you could sort of go through the whole thing. Okay. Feel free to share. Well, now with COVID, you can't share water bottles. No. Right? No. But you can get please, to Please, please do not pass gas. <laughs> I mean, you know, some sort of request that I think would be important for everybody. Yeah, I think we should end the podcast on that, Dave. Horrible. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is pulling you in the center of the action with endless ways to make it rain this week. Sports betting has never been this convenient. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from anywhere the app is available. And if you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new players a deposit bonus of up to $1,000 when signing up using promo code LOGAN, my last name. DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet, 
From live betting to betting on your favorite players, they really do it all. Check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day this week to cash in on their daily odds boosts. New boosts are posted every single day for all the biggest sporting events. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure. It's really easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money whenever you want to. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code LOGAN, L-O-G-A-N, when you sign up and get up to $1,000. That's code LOGAN to get a deposit bonus of up to $1,000 for a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.